Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to another edition of SSPN Post Game. And while this was a heartbreaking loss, Ethan, I think this is probably the best heartbreaking loss we've had this year in terms of the Spurs performance and the caliber of opponent they were playing despite Devin Booker being out tell me all about it Ethan what do you think of this game against the Suns overall I was I know we lost but I was happy with the way that we competed I know the Phoenix Suns were without Devin Booker who's a big part of their team but even still they're a championship caliber team with guys like Chris Paul DeAndre Ayton they have veteran presence with Jay Crowder JaVale McGee guys that have been there done it before Um, So I think everybody thought the Spurs were going to be an easy win, and we managed to stay in there pretty much the entire game, despite having some pretty, you know, um, awful second and third quarters there. We still managed to to keep it close all the way to the end until Chris Paul finally decided, you know what, I'm going to take it over and and win this game for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, There there wasn't a whole lot that we did terribly, Jude. It's not one of those games that we're just mad and I'm going to be ranting about X, Y, and Z because there wasn't that much to rant about because I think it really just came down to the Phoenix Suns being a better team uh, and and the San Antonio Spurs being, you know, maybe play-in, but probably not even that at this point in the season. Yeah, I think that this game kind of just came down to the little things at the end of the day. And when, Mm -hmm. you know, you look at a team that was in the finals last year versus a team that's their first year really playing together, you know, that's that's kind of what it came down to. But the other things that I kind of wanted to start off just with our overall kind of performance for the team tonight. So I felt like there were a couple things that were the difference in this game. So unfortunately, and this has been a recurring theme, if you guys have been watching us, you know that we've been talking about free throws all year. (sighs) And when you have, let's see, you have, yeah, you have six missed free throws tonight and you lose by four. So, I mean, you know, and I I hate to put it like that because it isn't just free throws, right? There's a lot more in basketball, but at the same time, if you make all your free throws, you know, you win and and it doesn't even matter. Even if you just make two more in a certain situation, you know, it's a tie game, like especially down the stretch. Like if you make two more of those free throws, that DeJounte, you know, fast break with Chris Paul there where it was just tough for DeJounte. Chris Paul made a great play. Like that play is canceled out if you make two more of your free throws. You know what I'm saying? And that's a big play like late in the game. So that was one of the things that I saw was the difference tonight. Another thing that's kind of a positive thing I feel like is not only do they have more established NBA talent with more experience, right? You you mentioned their main guys, some of the role players they have, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Campaign. Those are all guys who have, you know, late postseason championship experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but Devin Vassell didn't play tonight. That's another thing. If Devin Vassell plays tonight, you feel a lot better about this game. Um, I feel like there were a lot of times during this game where the Spurs beat themselves with just s- silly turnovers. You know, I remember there was that one late fourth quarter pick and roll with Keldon and Jakob where Keldon just accidentally throws it out of Brown miscommunic- miscommunication. Um, we saw that throughout the night in multiple instances. Mm-hmm. And 
it's sad because it's like, okay, that would have been great. You could have continued this win streak, got a big win against, you know, a team with the best record in the NBA. But at the same time, as Floyd Kizzy says, yes, too many turnovers and missed free throws. But at the same time, the positive out of this is the fact that you're competing with this team, you know, and you've, yeah. yeah, and you've both, your Devin, their Devin was out and your Devin was out. And I know that you can't compare Devin Booker to Devin Vassell, but at the same time, like those are the both you had, you were down and we haven't even talked about Zach Collins. We'll get into that. And you can say that for every game, but at the same time, the fact that you were able to compete with a team like this on a night where really you didn't play your cleanest basketball, that's a good sign for this young team moving forward, especially after you know, uh, that tough game against the Warriors to be able to continue to compete uh, on this little stretch against the caliber opponents that they've played. It's it's just another example of the growth of this team, because this this loss, like you said earlier, this isn't one where we're going to come on here and we're like, you know, that's how I've came in <laughs> so many times. And, and this one, it's like, OK, you know, this is still like no L's are good. But if you had to say, you know, if this was a good or a bad loss overall, this is this is a solid loss. So. Yeah for the Spurs in the position they're in, but all righty, let's get into our awards for the show tonight. Let's roll with offensive MVP. Ethan, who you got? This is a tough choice, uh, but I ended up going with DeJounte Murray. He had 17 points tonight, led everybody, but also his 14 assists. Uh, that's just, you know, I love a point guard that can pass it. He's becoming a really, really solid facilitator. Also had his six rebounds tonight, but two for two from three-point land. He pretty much did everything tonight. I know in the first half he kind of struggled to find his own shot, but he kind of caught fire down the stretch as we put him back in in the fourth quarter and really kept the game competitive and close all the way through. He was our closer tonight, and he probably could have closed it had Chris Paul not made an unbelievable steal at the end uh, during that fast break that you alluded to earlier. If you didn't see it, go check that out because that was that was unbelievable. I don't even know how he did it. Uh, but DeJounte did everything that we've asked him to do all season long. I know maybe we would have liked to see seen him get more points in 17 because he's our number one option, but really everybody shared the offensive load tonight because that's the Spurs way, six guys and double figures. Um, so you know, all in all, I was, I was really happy with what DeJounte brought to the game. He's my offensive MVP too. Um, you know, I see Floyd Kizzy was talking about Chris Paul, you know, he, he played with him a little bit there, but Hey, DeJounte, I was going to say DeJounte did a pretty good job on, on Chris Paul. It would have been a he lot did. worse of 21, you know, of 21 and 10. And I think he shot eight for 19 overall, maybe eight for 20. I might be nine, of 18. nine of 18. There you go. Um, so still did a solid job, you know, without him on defense, Chris Paul would have been even more crazy. And the reason I'm talking about his defense, even though we're talking about offensive MVP, is because I gave him defensive and offensive MVP tonight. Um, You saw the clutch steals from him and the way that he was able to contain Chris Paul. uh, You know, it's still Chris Paul, even though he's older. We know how well his play style is translated into old age. So you can't just be like, oh, he got beat up by old head. Like, it's still Chris Paul. Um, But at the same time, Uh, Just going back to another thing that DeJounte did, like you mentioned, the thing that sticks out for me and really the thing other than him being the leading scorer on a night where really everybody kind of scored in bunches, it's those 14 assists. It's Mm -hmm. his second uh, game in the last three where he's had 13 or more assists. That's huge. I mentioned that in in the game where he did that, which was against the Trailblazers, I believe. Um, That was why I gave him the offensive MVP then, and that's why I'm giving it to him now. If I mean, this is just another part of DeJounte's game. We've kind of seen how in the clutch he can go out and find a way to get that mid-range jumper, and he's got that clutch gene, it feels like. 
Um, but at the same time, the way that he's been able to distribute is just huge for talking about another area of his growth and development. I mean, that was an honestly coming into the year. If you would have told me that he would have had multiple games with 13, 14 assists, I honest, I'm not sure if I would have believed that I would have felt like, oh no, he's going to have to score more, go get boards. I, I just didn't think that he really had that in him to be honest. So yeah. he's, he's showing another side of him, um, and another shot side of his development, um, that we haven't really seen that I'm sure the Spurs have seen in the practice gym, which is why he has the contract that he has. And work workforce planner, I see you in here, my guy. I think it's the first time seeing you in here. It's so painful watching Chris Paul against the Spurs. That's a great point. You go back to the Clippers series. You go back Don't to so many games. Don't even talk about it. Jude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 2015. But I know I kind of covered defensive and offensive MVP there. Who's your defensive MVP? I struggle with this one. You could give it to Dejounte Murray. That's that's you could that's perfectly fine. You could even give it to Jakob, even though he kind of struggled a little bit tonight. But I decided to give it to my boy Joshua Primo in limited minutes. I thought he did a very good job um, defending the Phoenix Suns and uh, Cameron Payne, as well as uh, Johnson at times and Wayne Wright, of course. Uh, but he was I was talking to my boy Tanner Robertson, who's in the chat right now, and he was talking to me about his weak side help was like unbelievable. So I decided to watch it a little bit more like in detail. And he was right. Yeah, Primo, his understanding of how to play team defense, it's already there at such a young age. Um, so I decided to give him a shout out since really nobody to me was like, you know, the runaway favorite for defensive player of the game. Might as well give Primo some love because he did he did his best out there. Yeah, first award for Primo. Shout out to Primo. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny that you talk about Josh Primo as your defensive MVP because our next category is Unsung Hero, mm. who I had as Josh Primo because, you know, he had the three threes he took, only made that one, put a little bit too much under, you know, that first one. And Workforce Planners, shout out to you, man. Appreciate you being in here from TSR. Went in there earlier, was talking to him. But going back to Josh Primo, exactly. His help defense um, his physicality, the way he's always in a defensive stance. He has his hand up. I mean, he made Chris Paul pass off a couple times. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, very small sample size. But before I was talking about how what I've seen so far from Primo is much more than what I've seen from Lonnie on defense. Mm -hmm. So... Sorry, man, um, I made that weird face because I just good. <laughs> I didn't even look at the, the box score for Primo, but he had four blocks tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad even, you're mentioned. Yeah, I didn't even really I didn't even realize that. that. <laughs> but I do remember the one that he had. I forget. On Aiden? On that yeah, rotation? Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, dude, like just at 18 years old for him, he's such an intelligent player. Like that's mm -hmm. what I was noticing. I was like, dude, this guy's got to be like smart to like understand like switches and rotations like this. But when I was watching him, I was like, Oh my God, yeah. he's, he's so much better than Lonnie on oh, defense. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so, it's so sad. Cause like Lonnie hit some shots when we needed him to hit shots tonight. It was only two. And we talk about him every time. So I'm not trying to crap on him, mm. but I feel like when you're seeing Primo out there like this tonight, it's just like, I mean, we're happy he's playing first of all. Right. That's, that's the thing that we've got to be happy with. Um, three steals too. Sorry. It's very that. obvious that he's already better than Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, so clearly. that's, that's, that's why we're very happy that he got the minutes. Um, but it, you can tell that his shot is just so pure. He knows how to find a spot on offense and he demands attention from the defense, kind of like Doug McDermott, which is why he didn't do too much on offense. He did still have that acrobatic layup in transition, which was something else that you kind of like to see. Um, 
but man, y'all talk about weak side help. You talk about so many different things with him. And I, I can't even get into the specifics of it because I don't even know all the terms and the verbiage of like the little spots on the court and the little things that, you know, happen and, and, and the terms there are in rotations and stuff like that. But the way that he's able to play defense is just, I mean, for the reason that I'm so like, I guess, floored, if you can tell by the tone of my voice, but it's just how young he is and yeah. how he's just, he came in and just fit in tonight. And so we kind of saw that in the other little, you know, second quarter episodes with him, but to see him get consistent minutes and consistently play defense the way that he did, um, it's yeah, it's like Tanner says, <laughs> he's a yeah. good all around basketball player, kind of like Devin too. So those picks, they're killing it in the past two years in the first round. And um, just to talk about this, since we're on kind of these young players, what do you think of Trey Jones tonight? Because I know he missed a lot of shots, but mm-hmm. I felt like his effort and still, you know, his upside, even though it was a down game, I kind of wanted to talk about him and just talk about, you know, overall his performance tonight, but like kind of the positives in in a negative yeah. night for him. I don't know if you saw it that way, but. Yeah, I mean, he kind of came back down to earth as far as being like surprising with his offensive abilities, like a one for eight tonight, not an efficient night as far as scoring. Uh, but I, I still felt like his impact was there as a facilitator, as a guy that plays hard-nosed defense. Um, he had four steals tonight, which I didn't even notice during the game. See, those are, yeah, I didn't yeah. notice that either. But we had a lot of steals tonight. And I can't, he's so much bigger than I thought, like watching him on the court. Like he he can battle with some bigger bigger players i know bryn forbes had a great game tonight but i still like trey jones getting minutes over bryn uh, unless bryn is obviously hitting some shots like he were tonight or was tonight pre, what, what did he say primo of a cell man yeah oh honestly. fast forward yeah <laughs> yeah honestly yeah the next mj and uh scotty except better because scotty sucks anyway but yeah i, I wasn't upset with trey jones not playing well was far scoring the basketball because he does he did everything else very well and i've never expected him to be a scorer at least not yet that's not his specialty his specialty is facilitating and, and getting in the right spots and making sure that everybody else is also in the right spots and i felt like he did that tonight yeah yeah and obviously not the best night for him offensively but yeah he is always going to be a guy on defense that is going to give you effort and is going to make plays. And at the end of the day, like when you, especially when we get people like Devin Vassell back and you have a little bit more firepower on yeah. that, that bench, like Trey's role is more to kind of help those guys out. And and I think maybe that's something that they could tell him a little bit more like, Hey, focus a little bit more on facilitating. You're really good at that. Um, what you got, Ethan? I don't know the exact stat, but exactly what you're saying. Notice how much better Bryn Forbes has started to play since Trey Jones has gotten Yes, that is a good point, and I didn't think about that. And speaking of Bryn Forbes, he's another guy who has just been consistent recently off the bench. I know that Bryn is a defensive liability, but he still gives more effort than he did when he wore number 11. Yeah. And he is still, I mean, we wouldn't have been in the game tonight without him. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple other games. The past two, three games on this win streak before the loss, we wouldn't have been in. Um, 
the game mm-hmm. if he didn't play the way that he did. So he was my unsung hero tonight. I never told you who it was, but I didn't even ask you. I don't think so. So that, there you go. You don't care about <laughs> me anymore, Jude. Yeah, I, I know. It's we're, we're going Jude show. We're going. We're going through a lot right now. It's really tough, guys. Um, <laughs> but I think that Ethan's going to get more screen time moving forward. All right. Well, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about overall team stuff. Uh, what are some things that you feel like maybe could have been the difference tonight? And I feel like it's going to start with this. Floyd Kizzy uh, comment here, Ethan, because, and just for those of you listening, what Floyd's comment is, is would you have liked to see Landale get more, uh, get McGee out of the lane? Essentially, would you have liked to see, we saw in the second half that Thaddeus Young didn't play because JaVale McGee, who is seven feet tall, and DeAndre Ayton, who is seven feet plus tall, he might be talking that, I'm not sure his exact height, were just like, oh, catch ball, score. Because, you know, this yeah. is the same thing we talked about with Keldon last year at the four. So um, what do you feel like the Spurs could have done better tonight? We were really missing Jock. Uh, potentially Jock Landale will have to see with that. But we were definitely missing Zach Collins tonight um, in this type of game. Yeah, size just continues to be a huge issue. Out rebounded tonight, 41 to 49. When they got two, when you got two seven footers on your team, and they're also athletic, it's really hard for the Spurs to compete against your team, uh, to no fault of their own. Poor Thaddeus Young was just completely outmatched tonight. And we tried throwing Drew Eubanks in there, who's also not exactly a seven footer, and he did a little bit better, but it, it still wasn't you know what we wanted because then we lost so much offensively because that's really a, a, one of our primary facilitators off the bench. Um, I would have loved to have seen Jock Lando get some minutes just because of need. I still don't know why he's not getting any. I I guess Pop is just still, you know, rocking with Drew Eubanks and Thaddeus Young and saying that Jock Landell's not ready yet. Maybe he's not ready yet. Maybe we don't know. Maybe he's really struggling to learn the offense. I guess that could be the case. But when you're getting out rebounded as, as we've been, you just want to see him get something. Absolutely. And didn't mean to interrupt you there, but no, it also just might be, you know, the, the Spurs culture thing. That too. Yeah. And and not to I know I've kind of looked like I was rolling my eyes there because it's just frustrating when you have somebody 6'11", 255 on the bench. Can't that get could, in the game. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they just can't get in the game. And your problem is that you need somebody that size. Yep. Um, but, I mean, we've gone down this road so many times with Jock. Y'all know. Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all know that, you know, what he is. But I, here's a more important question from Tanner. Do we think Collins would even help against their front court? I think that this is a, is a fair question. Um, I feel like the... I don't know. I probably need to watch more Zach Collins tape, but from what I've seen, probably the area that would concern people is just his defense. Like he's a good shot blocker, but you can be a good shot blocker and like be a poor post defender. Like you really can. Roy Hibbert. Um, uh, Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. You know, right. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case with Zach. I think that he's going to get better under the Spurs. This is an optimistic perspective, so maybe I'm wrong and we get nipped in the butt and he doesn't make a difference and he would have got bullied by JaVale McGee this game. But I have to think personally, I just think I think even I think he would help definitely against their front court just because of the fact that he's 6'11", 250 um, and just would be able to match up size wise with somebody like JaVale way more easily than um, than Thaddeus Young. Yeah, for me, it's would he have turned this into a win? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But he's definitely an improvement over Thaddeus and Drew at that position as far as being able to compete with their size, be physical, get rebounds, and also you know stretch the floor. 
um, because he is a very capable three-point shooter as well. Yeah, and that's probably the most intriguing thing about Zach. And just remember, guys, also about Zach Collins is his contract is super friendly. There's still some concerns about him coming off that injury. You know, being a being it being a an ankle slash foot injury uh, with a big that. man. That's that's tough. But there's like no risk in his contract at all. I don't even think any money is guaranteed. Like starting next year, yeah. and we've got two team options on the dude. So it's it's like a very low risk contract and high reward. So. We'll see. Twenty three years old can stretch the floor, like you said. But at the end of the day, it's you know midway through. It might have been the first quarter, or at some point in the first half. I know it was. They pull up a graphic, and it's like DeAndre Ayton and Javale McGee yeah. after the first like substitution of both of those guys already had ten points each. So yeah. that's twenty points easy. And it's not Thaddeus Young's fault. He's just <laughs> six eight, six seven, and he's yep. playing against seven foot dudes. He's not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to guard him. You know, and so they're not. They're not like guys that lumber around either. They can move on their feet. You know. Yeah, and like our man F. Nico says, <laughs> providing some more resistance in the paint, which can happen just you know by the nature of being six eleven and being actually <laughs> to, able to contest them, um, is yeah. just enough. You saw that even with Jakob at the end of the game. Missing yep. those two freebies. That was tough, but um, I guess hype matters in this sport. That's a good one work for yes. us. Um, but I know he know. hasn't played in a while either, but when he did play a few years back, he um, they sometimes put him and Nurkic together, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. in Portland. So we could easily, you know, if we're really struggling to get rebounds and you know, compete with size, put him at the four, put Jakob at the five, and just roll with it, see what happens. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And, and, you know, we actually saw the, the Drew Eubanks, Jock Landell front court last game. So maybe Pop is actually thinking of some big lineups. I know that was in garbage time, but the fact that that was even a lineup he had written down mm-hmm. um, was just, you know, a little intriguing nugget. Maybe it means something. Maybe it doesn't at all. He's but, saving it for the playoffs. Yes, he's, <laughs> he's saving it for the playoffs. Yeah, he's going to unleash that way. For the 4-5 or five matchup, right? Imagine and, we're in the playoffs <laughs> and all of a sudden the starting lineup has Drew Eubanks and Jock Landale. And Jock just hasn't played the yeah. whole year. <laughs> And the buddy starting. just comes in and pops like, oh, we only use them when we need them. <laughs> she gets finals MVP. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord. Well, hey, let's talk about some things uh, that we did well this game. Um, like we said, this is a good loss. Obviously, no losses are good. But if we had to choose a good one, this is a, a decent one. Um, so what were some things you saw well from the guys tonight? We stayed competitive. We came out still riding that wave of confidence that we've gathered pretty much since the Boston game, which I liked. Um, I know we kind of lost some energy in the second and third quarter, but I don't think that was because of complacency as much as Phoenix just kind of turned it on and that we struggled to find a basket with our bench unit because of you know playing without Devin Vassell and then Lonnie wasn't playing particularly well either. And then we were getting beat down low with Thaddeus and Drew. So we just kind of struggled there in the second two quarters uh, but we, you know, we picked it back up in the fourth quarter, stayed competitive all the way through, which I like to see from our young guys. We also got to that 30 assist mark. We had 31 assists tonight, uh, which usually is a recipe for success. I know tonight it wasn't, but we only lost by four points against a very talented team. So I'll take that as a win. At least we're distributing the ball and, and playing with some more fluid. The offense is so much more in rhythm. Way better. Yes. And all five starters and double figures. I like that too. We're sharing the wealth. Nobody's being a ball hog and everybody's contributing. I like to see Doug McDermott hitting a few threes, especially at the end there. He kind of caught fire late. I know we would love to have that at the beginning of the game as well. 
Uh, but with shooters, sometimes you just, you know, have to get what you get because <laughs> whenever they catch fire, just take it with, take it when you can. Um, so every, everybody played pretty well tonight. Like I said, uh, the, the difficulties of having a young team can drive us crazy sometimes, uh, but it's a good learning experience. I'm glad we got it out of the way early and maybe we can get some wins down the road. Yeah. This was a much more like, <laughs> I don't know the learning experiences early in the year. were just like, Mm-hmm. Man, you just got to take your beatings. And now it's like, okay, you actually have tangible things yes. that you can be like, hey, here's what you did. Here's what we can do better. Here's how we can change it to win the game. That's what we're seeing now. And I mean, like you're coming off playing. You just had a back-to-back, you know, with not back-to-back like in days, but in games, you had back-to-back games against two of the best teams in the NBA that at the time of the game, they either had or were tied for the best record in the league. And so it's early. Um, and you don't want to take too much away from these because you can go back to the Clippers Lakers wins, you know, from 2020. Right. And you know that you get some, some wins against some of these better teams earlier in the year. And then when you face them later, it's not the same story, mm-hmm. but I really feel like this team is kind of on a different trajectory and is a very different team than the, obviously the 2020 team, as we all know. Um, and I still think that, like you said, this is this is a great move forward. Um, and we'll see if they can keep kind of putting things together and trying to get back on track uh, moving forward with these guys. But there were some other things that I had written down. So, look, I'm never this guy, and this was not the reason that the Spurs lost tonight. But, dude, like, what... <laughs> What did you think of the refs? This was a tough one for me. I felt like it was just, I felt like, especially that CP foul at the end, bro. Doug didn't yeah. even touch him. I know. Doug didn't even touch him. And like, look, at, when you're home court, you get, you get more calls usually. So, you know, it goes both ways. This isn't the reason they lost, but I did feel like the, the and this is like, you could even argue on both sides. Like, I feel like that tee up on Jay Crowder late in the game. Oh, yeah, was, that was a makeup call by yeah. far though, because earlier in the game, whenever he blocked Keldon and then like put his chest into him and said something straight to his face and Keldon just smiled, which I loved. But at the same time, I was like, that's a T like, come on now. Like, I don't know. I, I know we're Spurs fans, but even I like that one, I think that that call later in the game was more of like an accumulation of him saying of him, like, you know, walking that line the whole game. And that was just kind of how the refs were. So what did you think? Yeah, they were, they were okay. I, I still feel like a lot of the refs are kind of struggling to fit, like feel out the new rules and stuff. So they're kind of pulling on the reins and letting them loose and pulling on the reins. And I'd rather a consistent thing happen. I agree. You know I mean? Um, but but hopefully they like our team. They continue to improve as the season <laughs> progresses. Uh, but it's felt kind of off balance oh. so far. Weirdly, yeah. Tonight I get where I get your commentary there for sure. I don't know if something about this game though tonight. I just they were getting the calls that when you go to the finals you get that effect, man. So yeah, and you're also CP three. Your point, yeah. So yeah. Um. But yeah, though CP three does never miss for mid range his entire career. Yeah. But. He's Man. so good at getting the matchup that he wants. I mean, we tried a couple of times. He was, he was getting Deshante off of him every time. Doug McDermott, Jakob. Yeah. And yep. Anyways. But um, another thing that I had written down. So this is a little note that I have for Keldon in just a way that he can get better. Is just improving his touch around the rim a little bit more. Because he's got all the brute strength 
you know, mm-hmm. he just needs to get a little bit better at that finesse. And he's made some tough layups before for sure, but there were some misses tonight where I feel like it was more about touch than like defense, you know. And that yeah. was the same thing, same thing with Jakob at the end of the game. Um, so that's one thing that I just kind of saw with him. We've seen him kind of improve that and adding the mid-range stuff, although we haven't seen as much from Keldon, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, but if he can improve his touch around the rim when he's driving, I think that would allow for him to get a couple more buckets. And the final thing I had written down uh, was just Derek. He didn't have the greatest game tonight, especially on the stat sheet, but it still fair, felt very far off from his early season troubles. So I just kind of wanted to get your take on Derek tonight. This is kind of similar to Trey Jones. Even though it wasn't the best game, Like I still felt like when I was watching Derek, there was a big difference from him you know, six games ago. I, it's, I don't know why, but he feels way more impactful. Even though he's still not getting the big numbers, he only had 12 points tonight, four assists, three rebounds, nothing like spectacular. Yeah, in but last game he did, but yeah, other than that. It's, but like in this game, it felt like his presence on the court had, I don't know, it opened up more things. It felt like he was actually a threat when early in the season he was really just like an empty body standing on the court next to DeJounte Murray. And um, it felt like Phoenix actually had to treat him like a threat this time, which opened up the rest of the court. I'm a little weirded out why – I don't know why he wasn't playing – toward the end of the fourth quarter when we had Bryn in. It was like starters and then Bryn instead of Derek. And I was like, I don't know why that is. I know Derek's struggling to shoot. I think they were just riding the hot hand, which yeah, but they is had something taken we've criticized. Out and then took, put him back in. You know what I mean? Like he like he hadn't he hadn't hit a shot in a while and then they left him in. I was texting Tanner. And so, he was like, why is he in? I'm like, well, because he was hot. and But he hasn't hit in a while. And then they took him out and then they put him back in. So when did when did they take him out? Because I remember the rotations, because we stuck with Trey Jones, Primo, mm-hmm. Lonnie, him, that lineup yes. for a while. So when did they sub him out and put him back in? How did how did that rotation? Well, they happen? subbed all the starters in around the 10-minute mark, except for Bryn. They kept Bryn in with the starters. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they pulled Bryn out at like five minutes or six minutes or something like that. But, uh, and then they put Derek in. And then they pulled then they put him back in, but it was like DeJounte, Bryn, Derek, Doug, and Jakob. I think they took Keldon out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would make sense. And that would make that. Okay. Yeah. Now it's all coming back in my mind. I'm looking at the play by play here too, to try to see some substitutions. But anyways, that's not the end of the world, not our hill to die on, but yeah, still point is weird that weird that he was in and that it took them that long for Derek uh, to come back in the game. Yeah. His facilitating, I feel like, you know, we talked about that on the show, that it feels like he's better whenever he is in rhythm there and is able to mm-hmm. kind of drive inside, do his thing. And I feel like, I don't know what the difference is necessarily. Maybe it's just the other guys knowing the offense or him being more comfortable. It might be something as simple as that. But what have you kind of seen uh, with with him whenever it comes to his playmaking? Like what what have you seen specifically that has kind of improved things? For Derek, mm-hmm. I think it's just his confidence level, his mm. aggressiveness, getting to the cup, not being afraid of the contact, getting to the free throw line. All of that just opens up his game. And he, you know, using those spin moves to get, you know, inside that opens up his game and not being afraid of shooting the three. Because at the beginning of the season, it felt like he was just petrified of shooting the three ball. It is my he, he was, I like he was picturing, yeah, but it felt like he was petrified of scoring, shooting the ball in any way. And now I feel like he 
has that re- renewed confidence in himself to be able to get buckets, even though he struggled tonight. And by just being a threat, it opens up everything else. He can dump it off to Jakob inside. He can kick it out to to um, Doug McDermott for an easy three ball. Um, and if he can continue to be aggressive, I think that will just you know continue to help him start to play better as far as scoring the basketball goes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And I think, you know, I was trying to kind of put my finger on it, which is why I asked you. Mm-hmm. And now that you say that, I can just, I can just see it. I think that, you know, when you have the confidence driving, like you said, that opens things up for the rest of the offense and himself. But it's like, I just think about Lonnie and I know that he doesn't have the confidence when he's driving and that turns into turnovers. Yep. And I felt like that's what was happening in the beginning of the year, kind of similar with Derek. And now we're seeing a more controlled and more composed Derek. So yeah, that's good to see. But the reason that I brought up, I think the Spurs are going to win tomorrow is Spurs have a game tomorrow against yep. the Knicks. Um, do a little bit of a preview. Don't usually have a back-to-back. What are you thinking about that game uh, and the Spurs chances there? Should be interesting. The Knicks have kind of struggled this year for some reason. They recently took Kemba Walker completely out of their rotation, who was supposed to be a big name coming to the team. Um, defensively, I think they dropped from like fourth to 16th in the league uh, from last season to this season. Um, so they're a team kind of searching still, trying to find their cohesion with all their new guys. Uh, so it'll be an interesting matchup. Is it home or away? So it is, I believe it's at home if I'm looking at this correctly. Like I don't, it doesn't say add. It just says to your Knicks. It's at home. It is. For, yeah. it is. Okay, home. bet. Um, yeah. So that, that that'll be fun. Oh, I go. think AT and T Center. Didn't see I think that. the Spurs can can snag a dub. Um, I think Dejounte can actually have a pretty big night because I don't think they have anybody that can stop him necessarily. Derrick Rose is not a stopper. I don't think Emmanuel quickly is necessarily going to be able to stop Dejounte either. Uh, but at the same time, they got size. Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel. Um, so that could be a really big Julius Randle, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's in his top one. <sighs> Keldon kind of can, can, but he's stronger than Keldon, I think, and he's, he's taller than Keldon. He's bigger, yeah. He's just Doug bigger than Doug is going to get crippled if he tries to body him up in the post. You're going to put Jakob on him? Then who's going to guard Mitchell Robinson down low? So this could prove to be a, a, a huge... A huge mismatch. This seems similar to tomorrow, but I still do agree. I think the Spurs can win this game for sure. Like this, this team is not better than the Warriors or no. the the Suns, and you just beat the Warriors and competed with the Suns down to the you yes. know down to the minute, not even playing your next game. Oh my gosh, I'm realizing, guys. Y'all think okay, Lucas Hamonich playing tomorrow? Yes or no? No. I think he's on the G League. I'm pretty safe. Luca revenge game. I don't even, bro. If if he comes on the floor, like I'm turning the TV off. I'm driving to Galveston, and once I get to the beach, I'm just driving forward and never looking back. <laughs> Watch him drop twenty. I, I don't. I I don't think I can handle it. It'd be too much. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. Uh, is he a two way? I, I yeah, he is. So, so he, he could. could. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. I didn't even think about that. I'm so glad y'all talked about that. Oh my gosh. That's just funny. I don't think he'll play, but it'd I be hope awesome. He plays. I hope he does too, because that would be hilarious. But anyways, Floyd Kizzy, thank you for being in here. Tanner Robinson, Brandon5042, our boy Nick, Guillermo Munoz, um, all of y'all, we appreciate you guys being in here for the post game. Ethan, are you able to do tomorrow's post game? 
I should be. Okay. I should be too. Wait. No, I can't. Pain. Just remembered. Work. I cover other sports, y'all. I got to go to another basketball game, unfortunately. Uh, But we'll be around. We'll be around. We'll be around. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm cheating I on the Spurs. Might have time to do it tomorrow if you're not going to be there. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Y'all Maybe stay I'll posted. Bring a guest on. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Go for that for sure. If you want to. Also, want to remind you guys, you can go ahead and head to Spurs Tube TV if you want some SSPN merch. No, it's around the holidays. You want a Christmas present with a little SPN SSPN logo. Get yourself a T-shirt or a hoodie if you want. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero and at Jude McLaren to follow us and stay up to date to shows when shows get announced and all that other good stuff. And don't forget to like and subscribe if you just found this channel, which is why I wanted to end this episode on this, Ethan, is because we hit 600 subs. Yay! Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. I saw that and I didn't even realize it. Um, you know, me and Ethan just kind of, I mean, on a whim, you just texted me, hey, you want to do a San Antonio Spurs podcast? And and here we are. So we appreciate all you guys so much. And like our man Bobby February says here, overall, we look good. We really yes, do. Sir. Thank and you, it is, it's the, it's the Ethan show. Yep. Faux that's show. right. Let's Faux change show. the title. <laughs> All right, y'all. Brandon, I appreciate you, my man. And we will see you guys in the next post game or SSPN live. We'll be around. Stay locked into the channel and we'll see y'all later. Go Spurs go.